Welcome to the first PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast of 2024. I am your host, Justin C., and we have been off for a couple weeks, took a break during the holiday season. And boy, did we miss a lot. And we are here to go ahead and recap all of that for you guys. Uh, WWE, AEW news all over the place. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, so it's, it's almost, it was, I thought it was almost going to be tough to pick the biggest story to talk about um, going into this. And then Monday Night Raw happened, which saw they were hyping up. I think Triple H tweeted out the weekend before that a former world champion was going to come back on Raw. And then sure enough, they do it. And out comes Jinder Mahal. And he's out there talking about his comeback. And then out comes The Rock. I know I saw a lot of people speculating that they thought it was going to be Batista to accept the Hall of Fame induction, which is what I kind of thought, too. And then I saw a picture of The Rock at one of the college football playoffs. And that was where near where Raw was the next day or next same day. I don't remember. And sure enough, he comes out. Does a back and forth with Jinder, making fun of him. And then after he beats up Jinder, he talks about going out to a restaurant in San Diego and ask if he's just at the booth, at the at the bar, or at the head of the table, which of course gets everyone talking now that maybe Rock vs. Roman Reigns is finally happening. Now, where it could be happening, we don't know. There were rumors that The Rock may be appearing at the Australia Elimination Chamber show after I believe somebody in the government talked about The Rock being there. Of course, everybody, the big speculation is that The Rock is going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, given the ad revenue that and the uh, merchandising revenue and every, basically any kind of revenue you can get from having somebody wrestle like that at WrestleMania 40. Now, of course, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the idea of Rock versus Roman and Reigns being at WrestleMania, I think we all kind of agree that it's probably would be better if it wasn't for the title. But at the same time, I think Rock versus Roman for the title is probably, if you're looking at it from WWE perspective, the biggest money-making match you can get out of this. But I definitely want to see the match. Again, I still wish it wasn't for the title. Of course, it also brings up the possibility that now that the Fatal 4-Way match at Royal Rumble will be Roman Reigns, LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton, it leaves you some wiggle room if you want to get the title off of Reigns by not having them be pinned, but I think that would be a terrible idea. I think whoever gets the title from Roman should be pinning Roman at the same time to win the title. And again, it's one of those things where I find it very unlikely that The Rock would end up winning the title from Roman, making the outcome rather obvious. But I think they did a good job of getting people talking, getting people hyped up. And of course, you know, this might put Cody's story on hold again of winning this title back. Uh, so, Chairman, just your thoughts on what happened on Raw on Monday and where do you see this going? There's a lot of stuff to break down here, so we're going to take it piece by piece here. So Jinder Mahal coming out was the ultimate troll job, and it just made me laugh because I'm like, did he like not ever leave? Like I thought he's always been right here. I mean, I was waiting for Veer to come, but Veer never showed up, so you know, I was disappointed by that alone. Yeah, he was at NXT for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, he's trying to elevate Boren Corbin. Good yes. for him. <laughs> All right, so you know, Rock comes out. Rock does the same old song and dance, and you know, in 2023, it's like, okay, Rock's entertaining. He's funny. We get it. But I don't want to see The Rock in a wrestling ring because we saw The Rock in a wrestling ring, you know, 10-ish years ago with CM Punk and Cena, and it wasn't very good then. And now you add 10 more years on? Yikes, guys. Hey, hey, don't like, forget about that classic he had with Eric Rowan at, what was that, oh, WrestleMania 32, I think, 32 or 33? The four-second match. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, but it's like, okay, it's like it has the Rock name draws, the casuals will come out, but it's like, I wouldn't be excited for a Rock Roman match at all. I mean, I'll watch it, but for the title, definitely not. Like, please don't put the title in that situation. Like, if you want to do Rock versus Roman, have the table fight, you know, fine, do it. I get it. It's not definitely on my top matches at C list. That's for the casual folk, and that's fine. Whatever. Just don't put the title in there. We don't need to see that. So now, of course, everyone speculates, are they going to do this in the Elimination Chamber or WrestleMania? I think you have to do it at WrestleMania just because of the event. Like, Australia, Elimination Chamber, I think that's, like, super early morning for us U.S. folks. So there's probably not going to be a lot of people watching it live, therefore not a lot of tweets. So you might not get as much buzz social media-wise for it compared to if you had it on primetime U.S. time. I mean, there's a whole conversation about premier live events and internationally. We'll talk about that another time. But um, I think you have to do that WrestleMania. The Fatal 4-Way is an interesting concept. And I saw, you know, when Roman and the other Bloodline members come out and whoop everybody in the triple threat match at SmackDown with AJ Styles and uh, Randy Orton and LA Knight, I'm like, I, I, was, I just saw it in my, you know, thoughts. I'm like, I got a weird feeling all this is going to call a Fatal 4-Way match. And sure enough, he did. He whispered to Heyman, which is kind of cool how they did that, too, because, like, Roman didn't hear it. So Roman couldn't react yet. So he's basically making Heyman deliver the news kind of after the show. So that's going to make SmackDown very interesting for the road to the Royal Rumble. And, yeah, you could say they're devaluing the Rumble a little bit because you're taking three big guys out of Orton, LA Knight, and, uh, you know, AJ Styles. But this also helps because we talked about this a couple weeks ago with LA Knight, you know, beloved by all. He's in the Royal Rumble. He happens to be one of the last guys eliminated. There could be some major backlash on the person that eliminates LA Knight. Now you avoid that. You don't have LA Knight in the Royal Rumble to get backlash on by fans. So now you have him in a premier match for the biggest title in the game at the biggest chance of all time. In a fiddle four-way smart, sure. But I, I, I'm like you, man. You know, you're not going to have Roman Reigns losing a fiddle four-way. Okay, so you can keep his pin streak alive of not being pinned if he loses. But that's stupid. I think whoever takes the title has to take it from Roman Reigns themselves. Now you can go the backdoor route and use the you know money in the bank with Damian Priest. You can go have whoever wins the Royal Rumble, you know, challenge of an elimination chamber, or Roman defends the title to the elimination chamber and loses it. I mean, there's a lot of ways we can get to where we need to get to. But uh we are definitely in peak WWE season right now. Yeah, and like I said, where this leaves Cody, who knows? I mean, I went to a house show in Toronto a couple weekends ago. Uh, it was a sold-out show, easily. Uh, it wasn't in the biggest arena in Toronto. It was in kind of a, a smaller one, but still, I would I don't know attendance numbers. But like I said, uh, it was sold out. It was fun, and Cody was definitely the most, I would say, overact probably there. More over than Seth Rollins, more over than Becky Lynch, um, you know. The, the people love him. The crowd loves him. I do wonder if you look at any kind of backlash with this, if, you know, the people, you know, I've already seen people saying, hey, man, I bought tickets to WrestleMania thinking Cody was going to finally win the title here. And now I'm going to get see rock versus Roman Reigns. Uh, I, I still think like we both like, and I both said, it's like, I don't think the rocks beating Roman Reigns here. And, you know, it doesn't have to end at WrestleMania. You could hold this Cody Roman thing off till SummerSlam. If you really want to, um, I believe SummerSlam is, I don't even know where SummerSlam is this year. I should have looked, but you know, you can still do it at a large arena show there. Uh, what does that leave for Cody at WrestleMania? Who knows? I mean, you, you've already, they've already done Cody Brock enough times where I don't think that's going to happen. 
maybe you could say Cody could challenge Seth Rollins if he really wants to, but I think we're all kind of under the assumption that this is leading to Seth Rollins versus CM Punk at WrestleMania. Uh, even at the house show I was at with CM Punk wasn't there, Rollins dressed it, everything. So he keeps bringing it up. I mean, maybe you can have Cody challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental title, though I don't think that would... I, I, don't think that would happen. Um, I would still love to see Gunther Brock and just the idea of Brock fighting for the Intercontinental title would be cool to see. Uh, but yeah, you do wonder if this halts any of Cody's momentum. He's clearly the top babyface in the company right now. He's pretty much their top, I would say, you know, quote unquote PR guy. I just saw him do a tweet where he said he's sending a wrestling club to uh, WrestleMania to see this show. Uh, he's beloved by everybody. You won't hear anybody ever say a bad thing about him. Um, but Cody's story, if we do get Rock Roman at WrestleMania, becomes uh, a pretty interesting. Uh, do you think this would halt, Chairman, any of Cody's momentum going into 2024? Or even what do you think could be next for Cody going into WrestleMania if we get Rock versus Roman? Well, it just depends on where the title is. Does Roman lose the title before WrestleMania? That's the ultimate question right now. And I think it would be smart to have him drop the title before Mania if he's fighting The Rock because we don't need the title for that match. And it's almost predictable for a lot of these long title reigns to be defeated at WrestleMania. So let's throw a curveball. I mean, they had a curveball when CM Punk lost at the Rumble to The Rock. Gross. Or, you know, we've had, you know, John Cena, I think it was, lost at the Elimination Chamber to Bray Wyatt right before WrestleMania again. So who's to say it can't happen? You know, maybe we have a random SmackDown. Who knows? But, you know, we don't know if Cody's going to win the Rumble. He's definitely a heavy favorite. But, you know, see a Punk's in there. You know, some other people will be in there. So, first, you have to see who wins the Royal Rumble. And if Cody does happen to win the Royal Rumble and calls a shot, that makes things cloudy. But, you know, I know a lot of people are thinking Randy Orton could win the title from Roman because, you know, he's a he's closing in on that 16 world title reign mark himself. There's Cody and and um, Randy Orton history from over the years, going back to their legacy days, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, a Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton match at WrestleMania is definitely not outside of the possibilities. And yeah, he would probably beat Randy for the title if they were to follow that mania and Cody quote unquote finish the story. But I guess which story is Cody trying to finish? Does he want to win the title? Is that the story? Or did he throw in Roman? I mean like Roman out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Cody going forward. Uh, still take it. Either way, he's going to play a pivotal role going into WrestleMania season, whether he's fighting for the title or not. I like the idea, like you said, Cody and uh, Randy Orton, there's history there they can play off of. I'm sure they would end up having a good match together. Uh, I would definitely look forward to seeing that. I mean, I think one thing for sure is that WrestleMania is looking to be a pretty big card right now and it's because they've built up all these people so strongly whether it's your Gunthers or your Cody's um, you know your Che Usos your Judgment Days I mean, even on the women's side of things, we have Rhea Ripley looking strong continuously. Uh, one thing that did surprise me this past Monday on Raw is Nia Jax beating Becky Lynch rather clean. I was kind of surprised by that finish uh, when they announced the match uh, uh, before Raw a couple weeks ago. I thought for sure that Becky would end up going over because I thought Becky would end up winning the uh, Royal Rumble and going on to fight Rhea at WrestleMania. Now, of course, that could still happen. Uh, maybe they wanted to give Nia a win to have Nia fight Rhea at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? 
Uh, I just thought maybe they would have Becky win going in to uh, to look strong as far as her opponent for Rhea. I guess they don't really need Becky to look that strong considering she's Becky. She's the face of the women's division. Uh, but that result did kind of surprise me the other day on Raw. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw that happen, Chairman? Do you, um, do you still think it's going to be Becky, Rhea, and were you kind of surprised by that? I almost laughed when I uh, kind of saw that Nia won. I was like, oh, so Nia Jax is going to win the first match in 2024. Um, okay, I guess we're going to try to build Nia up as a serious threat to win the Royal Rumble, maybe. Maybe build her up for something bigger. I don't know. Maybe it's Becky paying it forward. Maybe there's a – I don't know what's going to happen. I mean – Becky's definitely going to be a heavy favorite going into the Rumble. You know, Nia Jax gets this big win, so maybe she's a sleeper to win the Rumble. Um, you look at SmackDown, you know, Bailey and Bianca are calling their shots the other night. And then, of course, you know, you're going to have a pretty strong women's Royal Rumble match. You know, who wants to challenge Rhea? Who wants to challenge EO? I mean, you got two tough champions right now on both brands. You got a lot of women that are hungry. You want their moment. And they're all going to have to do this without Charlotte Flair, who's out pretty much for probably the year. So big shoes to fill. So some of these women have this opportunity to step up. So I think we're in for a big year in WWE for women's wrestling. Yeah, you've got, I think I believe if I remember correctly, I saw that Asuka and Kyrie Sane are going to be challenging for the women's tag titles next week. Uh, so there's that opportunity there for them, just kind of for damage control to take over the you know entire women's division. That's another way you can get both of them on Raw and SmackDown as well by having them appear as tag team champions on both shows. So that's a possibility there. And, you know, of course, speaking of women, uh, there's some quote-unquote free agent talk uh, when it comes to some women, uh, the two women that left WWE at the same time, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, and you know Naomi Trinity, uh, both being talked about about comebacks, but uh, the one that's only for sure to WWE is that Naomi Trinity might be making her way back there uh, soon. My guess would probably be as a surprise Royal Rumble entrant. She's been in Impact TNA over the last few months, so she probably, you know, I haven't seen any of her. Uh, anybody that listens to the show knows that I think she's very athletically talented. She's gifted, but I just am not a fan of her wrestling at all whatsoever. So it really doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other, whether she comes back to the WWE or not. I mean, for me, I think it's just one of those things where she's another strong hand, or not a strong hand, but another hand that gets put into the women's division on either Raw or SmackDown, and you go from there. And then, of course, the Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet rumors, where it sounded like there was talk of her going back to WWE. Then some of the uh, dirt sheet writers came out and said, well, apparently they were far apart on money and Sasha Mercedes wants to be paid as the highest woman in the company, which I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I think Sasha's a phenomenal talent, great character, great talker, but I always kind of thought she was below Becky and Charlotte when it came to the pecking order there. And I think for sure right now she would be uh, below Rhea Ripley as well when it comes to uh, star power. And now apparently there are talks that she will be coming back to, or not coming back, but she might be going to AEW. Uh, I know some people thought she might end up the, uh, the debuting this past week, but that didn't end up happening. We got, uh, Deanna, I always say her last name right, I'm sorry, or wrong, I'm sorry, uh, Peraza, Peraza coming uh, now instead to AEW. Now, of course, it doesn't mean Mercedes Sasha might not be coming as well, but I, sometimes I wonder if she maybe overvalues her worth a little bit. I mean, I don't think, I mean, listen, if you get paid, you get paid uh, by all the power to you. 
But I don't know if she really moves the needle that much in AEW, given the state of their women's division right now. I mean, she probably adds a little bit. She adds, obviously, talent. I would You might argue she becomes the top talent if she goes to AEW. But we know that AEW is kind of in a bit of a funk right now. And I don't know if she adds a, does anything to move the needle for them one way or the other. So, Chandler, uh, what are your thoughts on both these women and them possibly showing up in the promotions mentioned? Yeah, I mean, Trinity, Naomi, geez, had a good run with Impact TNA, and, you know, if she comes back, I would almost put her with Jimmy Uso and put him with the bloodline, put her in there. Like, Rhea Ripley's doing fantastic work with the Judgment Day as a female character. I think you get someone like that for the, the bloodline to keep that story going. Like, her heel heat would be insane. Like, you would have a massive villain right away. You know, her and Jimmy and Solo could just keep doing their thing. You have Paul Heyman to be the mouthpiece for her if needed. Like, that would be the best place to put her. Like, you don't need to throw her as a glowy, cheery, happy baby face. Like, no, nah, man, I'd, I'd throw her right in the bloodline, right with Jimmy. I think that'd be the best place. I think that would be great. Um, as far as Mercedes Monet goes, um, I don't think that's a good idea to go to EW for her. Like, if she wants the money, that's cool and all. I mean, that's like everybody. They want the bust payday. But AEW is special right now. <laughs> and their women's division is very, very bad. But what I don't understand is, like Britt Baker says, she's stepping back for some reason. to let others excel. And it's like, okay, not really seeing it. Like Tony Storm is like probably one of the few bright spots of that whole division. The rise of Julia Hart and Sky Blue has been good, but otherwise it's kind of just whatever. And what's Tony going to do for you? Are you going to be the hot new shiny toy or are you going to be crawling back to pop age when your time is up? Like half these people are doing like who knows what she's going to end up doing. And I agree with you, Justin, like Sasha was, she was, she was the queen at one time, but Charlotte's passed her by Becky passed her by Bailey passed her by. Now Rhea and Bianca Belair passed her by. I don't think she wants to go back to WWE because of the money. I think it's because she's going to get lost in the pecking order. And I don't think she has the if factor that she had five years ago. I think she's lost it. And I don't think she's going to move the needle like she did once upon a time ago. She's been replaced. You know, WWE just cranking out new and new women superstars every year. And, you know, they got some fantastic ones down in NXT right now. You got you know, Roxanne Perez, you got Trophy Stratton, you know, Cora Jade, et cetera, et cetera. There's more coming. You know, there's a few others on, you know, Ron's SmackDown right now, like a Chelsea Green or a returning Liv Morgan, you know. It's a crowded place in WWE. I don't think Sasha can handle the heat, so that's why she's going to the AEW where it's a barren wasteland. Yeah, I mean, she could always, too, make a return and just stay in Japan as well. Uh, who knows? I mean, her fans... I'm afraid to say anything about her fans because if you see some of the stuff, some of her, like, I know they're called Sasha stands online, say to people who criticize them. So stuff may be coming our way, Chairman, if we uh, if we get too hypercritical of her. But yeah, I mean, 
yeah, her time away has maybe made her like the want to return more, but I also think it's taken some of the steam off of her, uh, you know, possible return too, since she's been away so long. And where does she slide in? Is she just going to come back in right away and slide right into the main event scene? I don't think that's something that should happen at all. Cause like you said, chairman, there's plenty of people above her right now that I think fans care about more. Like you said, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. I mean, when Liv Morgan comes back, don't forget she had a pretty good following myself included. So just who knows what's going to end up happening if she does end up going to WWE again. And then, like you said, AEW is just not, you know, I watched a little bit of AEW. I was actually home in time last Wednesday after bowling to watch a little bit of AEW. And it was just one of those things where I was watching the Swerve Daniel Garcia match. And yeah, it was a technically sound good match, but the crowd was just dead for it. And we'll get into AEW in a couple minutes. But uh, real quick, just want to bring up also in terms of free agents, uh, Drew McIntyre lost his match to Seth Rollins on Raw for the world title uh, this past week. And Drew McIntyre's status is apparently still up in the air. He hasn't re-signed a new contract yet. Um, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't seen anything saying that he did. You know, Maybe he becomes a free agent. Do you think, Chairman, he goes anywhere at all, or do you think he ends up resigning with WWE? I think he'll resign. I think you know he worked hard to get back. And obviously, since his return, he went from Dolph Ziggler's muscle to a world champion. And sure, things have been kind of tough the last year for Drew. But, you know, he kind of slowly waking his way to the heel side again. And I think he could have a big 2024 if he just sticks with WWE. I mean, unless he wants to go back to Impact and do that again or AEW. But I, I think he's staying. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I don't... I. I don't see him really fitting in an AEW. I mean, he's a you know, he's a good wrestler, but I just think when it comes to AEW, even what they were before they got into their you know slump, I still think he wouldn't have fit in that well there at all. So I think he's definitely somebody. Unless maybe he goes to Japan, I don't think he uh, he's switching at all. Um, before we get into AEW, last thing I want to bring up WWE wise is. Uh, to talk of all the international premium live events they're doing. They're getting one in Berlin. Uh, there's one in France. They just announced money in the bank weekend in Toronto. So it seems like the WWE is busting into the international premium live event market. And they're kind of taking away some shows here from, you know, the, uh, the state side of things. Uh, I mean, me personally, I don't mind the Toronto one. It's a two hour drive for me. I would probably end up going to it because it is you know like i said two hours i've registered for tickets if i can get them that would be great uh but overall I, um it's just one of those things where it's you know you said france germany australia i don't know if it's a negative a big negative that all of these events are taking place outside of the country i mean obviously it's a big money-making thing for wwe cities are bidding for this kind of stuff you get the opportunity to do all of your big shows in giant, you know, stadiums. It's a good look for them, but I know, Chairman, this is something you thought of that, you know, does this just kind of not, I don't know if it's necessarily a slap in the face to fans stateside, but do you think it's taking away these big events from people in the States? Absolutely. I mean, WWE used to be a Northeast U.S., you know, based, you know, that's pretty much all they were, a territory. And of course they grew and, did stuff in the U.S. and and I get it. you have to be international. I mean, there's a lot of international fans out there, but at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, there is a lot more events now. I mean, it's not like one or two a year. Like it, you know, it's like half the year now. And of course, they're committed to Saudi, and it's like there's shows being lost over there. And then now it's like, you know, you had, you know, how many shows now overseas? And it's like, it's hard to 
schedule as a fan when to watch these shows because the times are constantly changing. Like we used to be drilled in our brains Sunday night, you know, that was the pay-per-view. Now they're Saturdays, but now it's like, okay, is it going to be Saturday night or is it going to be Saturday afternoon or is it going to be early morning? And it's going to get frustrating as a fan to try to really pinpoint when to watch these shows. Uh, I mean, like I know people, you know, years ago, I know used to not so much anymore, you know, married kids and all, but like, you know, back when my single days, you know, we, we even had a wrestling pay-per-view, like whatever it may be, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, et cetera. We'd have watch parties. We'd have friends over. We'd watch all these shows together uh, on a Sunday night or a Saturday night. And now it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to have people over my house at five in the morning to watch wrestling. And we're going to sit here and eat pancakes. Like that ain't going to happen. So I feel like, I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's just, it's just bad vibes. I think it's also hurting opportunities in the u.s like cities you know getting you know the american dollars are being you know lost because you know all these cities lose on revenue they lose on you know hotels restaurants you know all these things that that's why everyone bids on wrestlemania they want all that stuff so you know i don't i don't hate that there's like one or two international shows but now it's like half the year and it's like also all the travel international travel for all these wrestlers like that's gotta be taxing too so I don't know if this is going to be good or not in the end. I'm kind of just curious to see, but I don't know, man. Like that February, that emulation chamber, there's no way hell I'm going to watch it live. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, I ain't waking up early for that either. I woke up a couple times early for Wrestle Kingdom when it came to uh, back on their big prime days, but I can't even do that anymore. Just, you know, a full-time job, like you said. It's not something that I can do. I mean, even getting up that early nowadays, it's almost impossible. But, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, they're making money. It's one of those things where I've always had watch parties for the Rumble. If they ever do this with the Royal Rumble, that would totally suck because I know, as I've said numerous times in the show before, that the Royal Rumble is the one event that all my non-wrestling fans will get together to watch because they find it fun so if they ever took that overseas and put it at a weird time that's bad um i do like saturdays especially because as somebody that has a a monday to friday job i don't have to worry about staying up late on a sunday to, or to watch it and have to worry about getting up the next morning for work so i am all for these taking place on saturdays going forward um especially during football season you know i'm much more bigger of an NFL fan than a college football fan. So I don't mind missing college football games to watch these on Saturdays, uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, we've got, you got three of them announced so far. Uh, I, I'm going to look up while I'm talking to you right now, where SummerSlam 2024 is because I remember, I swore I remember that being announced recently. Let me look it up. I don't think they have anything concrete yet for no? SummerSlam. Okay. Let me see. SummerSlam. They just announced Toronto for Money in the Bank, and I think there's like a France show, a Berlin show, but yeah, I think SummerSlam don't have an official announcement yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at yeah, I'm looking at it too. Nothing's really been announced. Uh, the last thing that I see here is that a possible location would be oh Cleveland. It, oh God, Cleveland. Um, there at either Progressive Field or where the Browns play, but that has not been confirmed at all whatsoever. That was the last rumor it looks like I see here. Um, so yeah, that's WWE talk here. Let's get in now to talking about AEW. And of course, they had their their big pay per view World's End taking place at the end of 2023. And of course, there's a couple of big stories coming out of that. One being that, so let's start with this one, Samoa Joe is your new AEW world champion in a change that I think was, 
I would almost say desperately needed for AEW to change something up. I mean, MJF, who we've talked about before, his title reign has just kind of been floundering here since it's uh, since it started, or not since it started, but since we've seen it in AEW. I mean, it's pretty much it started off good, and then it just kind of fizzled down after that. And his face turn wasn't working. The stuff with Adam Cole was just dragging, as we've said uh, numerous times. We'll get into that storyline in a little bit. But I think Samoa Joe as AEW champion is the right thing to do. I don't like that he didn't make a live appearance on Dynamite this past Wednesday. I don't think that was smart. But he's He's a guy that's pretty much universally liked by everybody in wrestling. I mean, he just comes off as a badass, as a killer. I mean, he had a, you know, just look at his one-month feud at Brock Lesnar where people were clamoring for him to be the one to take the title off of um, off of him, and it just didn't end up happening. Um, but this guy's great. He's credible. Uh, like I said, universally praised pretty much by everybody in the wrestling industry. So before we get into the any of the MJF, Adam Cole stuff, what are your thoughts on Joe winning the title, Chairman? Well-deserved. Samoa Joe was a great hand in the wrestling business. Been a fan of him for forever. And, you know, unfortunately, WWE, you know, didn't see him as a major champion outside of NXT. But, um, you know, I think it's a good veteran to hold the title. I mean, it might be a short-reign transitional champion because the MJF contract's up, so who knows what's going on there. But, you know, Samoa Joe is a nice champion to have. You know, I think he'll be good things. You know, he gets intense when he can get intense, you know, like, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, hopefully it's sort of a turnout for those guys because they desperately need one. So let's see what Samoa Joe can do. And then that leads to the stuff with MJF and the devil. It was finally revealed from everybody after the show uh, that it was Adam Cole in the end that ended up being the devil. Um, kind of the, the most logical explanation they could have done. Um, they still didn't really explain the full gear story with why Adam Cole would end up being the champion. Um, but his, him and his group of, you know, I guess you want to say quote unquote henchmen being Roderick Strong, Wardlow, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett. I mean, as you know, anytime Matt Taven ends up being involved in a group for me, uh, my interest pretty much just dwindles. I mean, it's no undisputed era there for Adam Cole in the end. Uh, but now that Adam Cole has been revealed, MJF has also been taken off of the AEW uh, roster page. I mean, MJF's apparently been working with a torn labrum, so there's been talk that he needs surgery anyway and he needs to take some time off. Uh, I guess I do find it a little bit interesting that he is off the, t- the page altogether. Most people, if you talk to them, believe that Adam or that MJF ended up re-signing with AEW while he, before he was given the title. Um, I would kind of under the assumption now that that's probably what ended up happening too. If you read the dirt sheet writers, most of them say, if you talk to anybody in the WWE, there's been really no indication that there's any talks going on between them. Now, of course the same thing was almost said about CM Punk and that ended up happening. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it's all a swerve. Maybe we'll hear MJF's music at the Royal rumble at number 30. Then you can go ahead and do Cody versus MJF. I guess if you want to do that story, um, but I'm still of the belief that he probably ended up signing. He's going to get surgery and then he's going to come back maybe sometime in the summer, maybe around um, uh, double or nothing or around there. You get him to come back and that's your, uh, you know, you start your Adam Cole MJF story there. I mean, like I said, Adam Cole is somebody that needed something new in AEW to do. And I guess turning him fully heel here and giving him this devil story and faction ends up helping out a little bit. 
Uh, but with MJF out for so long, I just don't know what you end up doing with Adam Cole and this group here. If like MJF had no friends, who's going to come to the defense of MJF? Is Adam Cole going to go after Samoa Joe for the title? Is Adam Cole just kind of kind of like waiting the wings for MJF coming back? Who knows? But it's kind of a bad timing for, like I said, for a reveal because MGF being out possibly for so long is one of those things where is this story going to get stale before it even gets going? And then how do you get MGF to become, you know, the babyface kind of people want him to see while also still doing his normal stuff that really wasn't working too much here in the end? At least it's going to be the stop of these Adam Cole MGF skits that just kept going on in AEW forever that I think a lot of people were getting sick of. But I mean, like I said, it's a wrinkle that works for Adam Cole. I'm not the biggest fan of this faction. I think it's pretty much a weak faction given, you know, A, it has Matt Taven. And B, none of these guys are really doing much in AEW recently. Even Wardlow, he was doing pretty much nothing all year for the most part. So now that we've talked that, uh, your thoughts, Chairman, on the Devil reveal and MJF status going forward in AEW? you imagine if MJF shows up the night after WrestleMania and confronts <laughs> Cody if he wins the title? Oh, man. I got to see Tony Khan's <laughs> tweets right now. Oh, that would be shocker of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think MGF resigned myself with AEW. Like, he put these Royal Rumble rumors to bed. But, I mean, he's probably going to be out for a while. Surgery, sell the injury, sell Adam Cole saying he disappeared. Whatever you want to do. Um, so, Adam Cole's the devil. No one's surprised. Um, Adam Cole's injury... Don't know how long he's going to be out for. I guess he is a manager after all. Um, Warlow's the muscle. Roddy Rick Strong's there. We traded uh, Red Dragon for the Kingdom. So we have Discount Bin Undisputed Era. Gross. What are they called? The Undisputed Kingdom now? God. Matt Taven. Matt Bennett. Ugh. Yeah, this this sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Adam Cole's back on TV, I guess. I mean... He obviously doesn't need to wrestle because he's hurt, but he's still a good, you know, talker, manager, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he definitely can get heat. It's just if MJF does come back, it's just going to be weird. Has his baby face MJF fan favorite? Because it's just like, I'm just used to him being a dick to everybody, you know? So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, they have their attentions on Samoa Joe. So they'll probably try to take the title, probably see Wardlow versus Samoa Joe, whatever. That doesn't move the needle for me at all. Much rather see Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe, but again, don't know how long Adam Cole's out for. So this faction's going to have to do something big, like knocking out MJF, whatever. We also like coming. They're going to have to continue to do things. And I think with the cast of characters they have assembled, this faction isn't very special. Like you have more important factions in that place you know, the Blackpool Combat Club, um, the Elite, if they ever decide to come back. Um, there's some other factions, I'm sure. I, I, I can't keep tabs on who's where nowadays with the little I watch of AEW, but the, the this dollar store Undisputed Era is not going to move the needle for me. No, yeah, none whatsoever. And it's funny because they have half of that. Roderick Strong, Kyler Riley's still out of hurt. Nobody knows if he's coming back. Bobby Fish probably isn't going back to AEW anytime soon. Um, 
One name that definitely is leaving AEW is uh, reportedly Andrade. Andrade. Uh, he had his match with Miro at World's End, and pretty much all the reports after that were that he's on his way back to WWE. Has pretty much been trying to get back there for the last year or two. I mean, remember he got into that backstage fight with Sammy Guevara, which everyone pretty much thought that it was Andrade's way of trying to get fired. Tony Khan didn't end up firing him at all. He's kind of, you know, stuck it out and stuck his stuck around there. And apparently now his contract is finally up. A lot of people thought he might end up debuting on Raw the last week, and that didn't end up happening. Uh, of course, his wife, Charlotte Flair, is in WWE. Of course, she's also hurt now, so she won't be traveling as much. So you kind of would have assumed that he probably would have ended up on SmackDown, especially considering that's where the LWO is. That's where Rey Mysterio is. Um now you don't really know. I would kind of guess that may still be where he ends up. Uh, maybe he shows up on Raw too, but uh, I would guess maybe he stays over there on SmackDown so he can get involved in the Ray storyline with, you know, as I said, Santos Escobar and Carlito. And of course, Lena Vega's over on SmackDown. She used to manage Andrade. So you can play up the fact that maybe Zelina brought Andrade back to the WWE to go after the LWO guys of uh, Santos. And now, of course, uh, Angel Garza, or not Angel Garza, yeah, um, no, Humberto Carrero, and yeah, Angel Garza, yeah, um, so you have that story there, uh, I, I think, you know, Triple H always seemed to be an Andrade guy, he put the title Andrade in NXT, so it doesn't surprise me that Triple H wants to bring him back, and like you said, Chairman, a lot of these guys apparently want to come back at some point, there was talk that maybe Miro wants to do that, maybe that Malachi Black wants to do that, a lot of people thought FTR were going to go back before you know they kind of got they kind of got it at the worst time because you had FTR thinking they were going to go back and all of a sudden everybody thought Vince was back for a month and then Vince was gone and now FTR resigned with AEW so they're there for a bit. Um, but you got any thoughts on Andrade possibly returning to WWE before we finish up here? Yeah, I mean he tweeted his thank yous to AEW, so more than likely he's back in the, going to be back in WWE. Wife Charlotte works there, obviously. You know, and he has some great success in NXT. You know, remember that match you had with Johnny Gargano? That is absolutely was a phenomenal match. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think he'd be going to SmackDown because that's where Charlotte is when she's healthy. And there's a lot of ties there. You know, he definitely integrate him into the LWO feud. Whether you want him to join or face against Santos Escobar is the question. You know, there's a lot of ways to go there. But um, I definitely think he will be a good mid-card presence for the WWE should they bring him back. Um, Royal Rumble, I'm calling that. I think that's where we're going to see him. All right, and that will be our show for this week. So we want to thank you for joining myself and Chairman for our first show of the new year. So for Chairman and myself, we will talk to you guys next week.